You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Johnny Christ. This is Drinks with Johnny on this week's episode. I'm joined by a friend that I met through, another friend, Darby Allen. Uh, I have the pleasure of having Nolan, a.k.a. Das Rake, from Ghost Main on the show today. Uh, again, he, uh, I met through Darby Allen the first time we had him on the show here, and uh, we've become friends over the years with that now. And uh, as I said, he's in the band Ghost Main. Uh, he's done a lot of cool things. I think he's doing the Hoodlum brand with Darby Allen. We'll be talking a little bit about that. So much more to get into with Nolan. It's also, I just found out, guys, this is his first podcast he's ever done, and he's really nervous about it. So I'm going to have some fun with this one. Looks like he's ready to go. So uh, let's start the show. Hello, how are right. you, man? Doing good. How are you? Fantastic. I just good. got I just got out of the uh, off the phone with my therapist. We're feeling great. It's a feeling great, good. It's a great thirsty Thursday. Uh, how the? Where are you at right now? I'm I'm in Atlanta right now. So I'm I moved in with Darby about a year ago. Wait, you're uh, living at Darby's March. house? Yeah, I moved in in March. Wow. Or last last March. Sorry. So it's been like a year and a few months. Okay. Um, but yeah, he's he should be on his way home right now. He flew in. He had the show last night. Had dynamite. So he's on his way home right now. But uh, yeah, I'm in my little room in Atlanta. Uh, they're building a skate park outside right now. It's like 90 <laughs> degrees out, hotter than heck, but AC's blasting, got a hoodie on inside. Yeah, what? <laughs> I'm not it's used to this. Out, I'm not, it's, it's insane because you go outside, it's hotter than heck, and then you come in, AC's blasting. So I'm still getting used to this, like. Well, we're gonna have to get used to your internet there. It just uh, broke up there a little bit. Is it working? It's working, but we, we we got a little freeze frame there for a second. Oh shoot! You're all good. You're all good. We actually there was actually no internet until I moved in, and I was like, Darby, we gotta get Wi-Fi if we need it. How was he doing anything before? His phone or drive to the Starbucks? Wow! All right, I'm gonna. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I got off the phone with Darby the other day while you guys were uh, filming something for Zoomies, right? Or, or the Hoodlum brand. Yeah, for, for the Hoodlum brand, yeah. We were filming um, on Wednesday, the 25th. We have a new drop coming out. So we were just doing a little 
photo shoot. Um, we're making like his ring jacket and like his ring pants. So uh, we wanted to actually do like a proper little shoot here at the house. So of course we had to get the flamethrower out and make it very Darby-esque. <laughs> uh, I can't wait to see that. So you, um, correct me if I'm wrong here. You're, you're actually a, a co-creator of the Hoodlum brand with him? Yeah, me, me and him. Um, we do, we do everything. We have a production team in LA that actually, you know, prints it and fabricates everything. But yeah, it's just, just me and him. He's kind of the face and I kind of do like the, you know, the behind the, behind the scenes kind of stuff with it. But yeah, we just got into Zoomies uh, in June is when all the stores should have it. Uh, they started shipping stuff out this month. So hopefully in June, you could, uh, could see it in stores. Awesome, man. I mean, here in Huntington Beach, I'm not sure if there's any Zoomies left. I got to be completely honest. But uh, if there is, I'll, I'll make sure I find it in, in, in Huntington Beach specifically. I'm sure if I go out in Orange County now. I'm yeah, sure there's got to be some in OC somewhere, I'd imagine. Yeah. Maybe one. There's one surviving be, right? Zoomies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think so. We got one in San. I'm from Santa Barbara. And we got one there that's still there somehow on okay. State Street. But uh, yeah, there's. I don't know, I'm, I'm stoked. It's, no, you should be. It's still. I mean, I'm not. I'm not knocking it. I, I think that's fucking huge, man. To get to get your guys's uh, your clothing brand in there is going to be awesome. I'm really. I I'm hoping you're going to bring some out when I see you guys in Vegas. I told Darby I'm going to be out for. I mean, pretty much the whole time AEW's out there uh, starting next oh, you're, week. You're coming the whole week. Yeah, I'm coming the whole Vegas? week, man. You're going to be there too, right? Dude, I'll I will be there. Yeah, I'll bring you. I'll bring you some stuff. What what size are you? I'm a medium. You're medium, okay. These days, I used to be a small, <laughs> but uh, these <laughs> there days you go. I'm a medium. It's because all the well, it, is, it is drinks with Johnny. You know, you got to get the, <laughs> that beer weight on, man. Well, you know, it's funny though. I, this is going to be the first time I'm I'm in Vegas in my entire life. I'm going to be sober. I'm on I'm on the wagon these days for a little while. Oh shit! Congrats. Thanks, man. It's, it's only a few oh, weeks in right now, so you know I got some time. But uh, I'm going to be. Uh, it's just a recalibration for me. I've been. Uh, I guess I've been overdoing it probably for the last two decades. So uh, it's just kind of like this midlife recalibration, if you will. I need to. I, need, I was just on the phone with my therapist, and we were talking about how it just seems to be time to uh, break the wall down, go down to the foundation, and, and rebuild for uh, the remaining years I have on this planet. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's smart. Especially you got a family and everything. What was? Wait, was there like a moment or something that like set it off for you, or is it uh, kind of just a buildup of? It was a buildup. It was obviously a buildup, but there was a straw that broke the camel's back with me and my wife, um, to be honest. Uh, and then it, it was it was a slap upside the head that I needed. I probably should have had it probably about 10 years ago. But, uh, uh, you know, now it's, you know, I can make up all the excuses in the world, right? But last four years uh, have really been a struggle for me mentally. And that only exacerbated by the drinking and I think getting my mind right over this, however long I'm taking off, is uh, is really going to be what I'm what I describe of of that foundation of rebuilding and and uh, seeing what life is like on the other side and how I can stick around for my son. Really, I mean, unfortunately, in uh, in our industry, we'll get to some ghost main stuff here in a second. We've been seeing a lot of people going way too soon, even even very recently. And uh, a lot, yeah. It's 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 sad every time it happens, and uh, I've I've experienced it firsthand. Also experienced it just through friends of the industry and stuff, and 
I'm fortunate enough to still be here, be one of the ones that is still here and have a family and have things to look forward to. So it's time that I uh, put on my big boy pants, so to speak, and, uh, and, and figure this thing out. And uh, so especially the era you came from, like, that's a that's a whole other beast. I feel like, you know, like the, the touring then I, I feel like was nowhere near what, what we're doing. You know, that's a, yeah, that's it was, a whole other animal. I think we kind of created our own. Era. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was it wasn't quite the, the 80s, but we definitely, you know, we brought it back a little bit. I'll, I'll say that you know, it was it was a little <laughs> yeah. we, we had our fun, but uh you know, it, it, and I, I still look fondly upon those memories, right? I mean, there's nothing, For sure. you can't take them away. And, and I, I absolutely love what I do. I love, uh, I love drinking. I love having a good time. I don't think this is a, this is a life sentence for me yet. Uh, but it's definitely time to uh, work, uh, work what's going on between the ears out and uh, move forward in life. And if anyone at home is watching this right now or listening to this and uh, has some of those thoughts or feelings that like, hey, maybe it's time to for a change. It doesn't have to be a permanent change in, in that respect, uh, but it's got to be something moving forward in your life that you strive for. Just constantly working on yourself and maybe sometimes taking a step back and uh, just getting rid of everything for a while uh, will help you appreciate and get into a better mindset. At least that's the goal for me. And uh, if I could help inspire anyone on that, I'm here for it. So uh, yeah, that's awesome, man. That's that's hard to do. So I commend you, man. That's <laughs> I'm only three awesome. weeks in yet. So I mean, I'm, I'm not. Dude, I'm not. Like that's like, I'm not, that's I'm not looking like for congratulations <laughs> or a pat on the back just yet. Yeah. Uh, speaking of is, speaking of though, weeks is tough. I am gonna pop a drink with you though, because oh, all right, uh, I found. These non-alcoholic IPAs by Lagunitas. Oh, Lagunitas! Now they don't pay me yet, hopefully. Uh, but they should. yeah, no, you know, I'm just a big fan of all of their products. I got to be honest, their IPAs, just their standard IPA, is a great solid one you could find most places. Uh, the wall. I love the little something. The little something. I don't know if they. St- I haven't seen it in a while. Oh, but it's that seasonal. Used to be- it's out right now. Okay, well, shoot. That's little that something. Ale is, is, a, is like a summer is like their summer IPA, uh, and it's fantastic. The Where's Waldo? If you haven't had that, or maybe I that. It's the triple IPA. That one's okay. hard to find. Um, You're a big IPA guy, right? Oh, I, that's all I drink, man. Like that's all honestly, you drink. <laughs> like uh, it sucks though to be honest because for my waistband, because I love IPA. I love beer so much, and I've. Going back to a light beer now or something that's not an IPA, anytime I drink it, I find myself going, why am I even drinking this? It's not. Yeah, like, what is it even doing? What's it, yeah, it's just, it doesn't taste point? good. It doesn't, <laughs> doesn't taste, taste anything. So, I mean, at least I like the taste of this non-alcoholic. So, you know, it's, it's, it, it's getting me through it, you know? That's good. And I got also, myself a little, uh, what do you these got? are hard to find here in Georgia. Medela. Mexican beer. <laughs> that's a bit, what is that, a 32-ouncer? It was all that. It was, it was the only form they had of Mexican beer at the gas station. It's hard <laughs> to find Mexican beer out here. And you're, I mean, uh, from Santa Barbara, is that kind of been your go-to? Yeah, any kind of Mexican Modelo, you know, Tecate, Corona, any any easy beach drinking. But then as I got older, then yeah, I was like, oh, IPAs for sure. <laughs> but then sometimes you have like two or three of those IPAs, especially with like microbreweries and shit, and it's just like you you have a few and don't even remember the day. It's like 
I don't know what they're putting in some of those things, but maybe <laughs> well, strong. I've got I've got my uh, IPA still on tap. That uh, uh, that oh, you I'm still got it. Four sons, yeah. Um, it, is that what you had last time? I tried some one last time. I don't know what it was, but you had something on tap. I'm trying to remember when. When were you? Uh, I don't think I'd made that yet. Actually, that was. Uh, I hadn't collaborated with uh, the Four Sons uh, Brewery uh, here in Huntington Beach, so that was something oh. else. So since okay, that was like, if, that if was I like, get yeah, my hands if, if I get my hands on some cans uh, this in the next few days, when I see you next week, I'll bring some out for you. That would that would rule. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, man, of course. I I love that beer. It's a really it's a it's a stronger West Coast IPA. It's like seven point six percent, but it drinks like a six percent. So it's it's. Yeah, it's it's a little dangerous, but uh, was it, I was gonna say, what was it like a one time thing? Or are you guys bringing it back? Or we're bringing it back. I think it's gonna uh, last May was when we launched it. We're in May right now, towards the end. So it's looking like we're a little we're a little behind this year. Um, but I'm hoping next month we'll have an, have another relaunch of it. Um, but you could get, I mean, locally, I you could still get it at a few restaurants and stuff off the keg. But we're only doing the cans uh, annually at this point. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, man. I just realized your hat, too. You're a Raiders fan? Absolutely. Oh, shit. Respect. Respect. (laughs) I'm a big big Dolphins fan. Oh, no. (laughs) It's like that every year. Yeah, I know. It's like that every year. You know, you guys, it was so bizarre. Uh, Last season, going into last season, rather. I thought uh, it was going to be the year for Miami. Right? I thought it was going to be the you guys finally nope. made a made a run at the playoffs. Uh, had a had the team going in the right direction under Flores, right? And then they just get rid of him. I was like, wait a minute, this is like the best season they've had in probably twenty years. And it, it made no sense. It, yeah, it just it that was a very there must have been you know, and, and everyone will speculate, of course, in the in the sports world. There must have been something going on behind the scenes between. Uh, between the front office and the coaching oh, staff. That, that's the sure, only explanation. Yeah. yeah, you don't have a great season like that. And then just, you know, the, the whole, you know, all the players love them, everything, and then just, you know, can them like that. I don't know. It's a little too fishy. So uh, what, what uh, did you guys get a good uh, draft pick this year? Uh, what, how are you guys looking? No, we, tra- we, we traded everything away to get Tyreek Hill from the Chiefs um, oh. a few weeks before the draft. So right. it was it was a boring draft for me. Okay. Well, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting to see Tua throwing to Tyreek, though. That'll be interesting. I know. I, I hope hope he's got the arm strength. We'll see. We'll see. Well, I mean, he is the cheetah, so he's going to have to put it out there. That's for damn sure. Yeah. No. It's going to be it's going to be interesting year. Hopefully, this is the year. Yeah. I've been in the playoffs in like ten years, so you got you got a real weapon out there. You've had a solid defense for the last probably six, seven years. So it, it, the fact that they haven't put it together on the other side of the ball is is beyond me because the defense has been there for a while. Um, but literally, right when Mar- right when Marino left, it, there's just been quarterback disasters. <laughs> That's like, for like the last twenty years. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, Tua was a pretty high pick, though. So hopefully he. Yeah, so hopefully out. he's. Hopefully, hopefully this is the year. Hopefully yeah. he changes that. Yeah, as a Raiders fan, we we've had a, our fair share of uh, problems in the quarterback position, but I'm happy with Carr. I know he gets a lot of flack, but I think Carr is a great quarterback. I think a lot of people get down on him, and then you don't see how accurate he really is until you see the percentages of how he throws. And I'm like, guys, like he's a really excellent quarterback. You got to look at the two times he's had some serious number one wideouts. 
I mean, we've all what Amari Cooper his rookie year was awesome because Derek Carr was throwing to him. And since then, you know, I, I, no disrespect to Mari, but he hasn't been the same guy since, you know. So, I mean, that's one of those things where I think it shows uh, a lot of his talent. And uh, I'm excited. He's got, a, he's got the number one, in my opinion, and Devontae Adams to throw to this season. Oh, geez, yeah. So, and that's, that's going to be coupled with Waller coming back healthy, hopefully. Um, it's going to be nasty. Yeah. It's that's going to be. I mean. Have it, you been to the new stadium yet? I haven't yet. I haven't yet. Because the first season, obviously, no one was allowed in. Uh And last season, I just didn't get a chance to go out there. Um, You got to go this year, though. I'm making it it happen this year. Absolutely. Um, I I cannot wait for this season. Everyone, just stay fucking healthy. We'll be fine. Um, Yeah, right. uh, Actually, I think think Miami plays in Vegas this year. I could be wrong. If that's the the case, maybe, maybe, maybe uh, maybe we plan seeing that game together. Yeah, no, oh, yeah, oh, it's, that's, if they're playing, we're going. All right, I like it. Let's get, (laughs) so, uh, as I said, we're, uh, uh, we met through Darby Allen, and, uh, when, I think it was the first time he was on the show, he's been on a couple times now, Mm -hmm. and he came in, uh, with Priscilla Kelly at the time now, Gigi Dolan, uh, in WWE, and, uh, you were there, and I, I, I wasn't very familiar at the time with, with who you are or what you do. And uh, I, I come to find, I, I meet you as Nolan, and then I come to find out your uh, pseudonym is, uh, what, what is it? Uh, uh, a rake. Rake, yeah. Das yeah. Rake. So yeah, yeah. where does this name, like what, I mean, what is it like for you uh, being in Ghost Main? I listen to some of the music. It's fucking, it sounds like a, a rad industrial hip hop take of a newish Marilyn Manson. I mean, you, you could probably describe it better as one of the creators of the music, but, uh, no, that's, a, that's a great way to, to, to describe it. Yeah. It's like nine inch nails and three, six mafia meet or something. You know, it's, I never, that's always the hardest question when people always ask me, you're like, what genre? It's like, I don't know. Like you gotta listen to it. You know, it's a mix of a, a bunch of things, but I, uh, yeah, it's, it's weird how it started. So Eric's always been ghost main since he's been doing this project for a long, long time. And I was doing working for another band doing merch, a band called Nothing. Um, and I was doing merch for them. And it was the LA show. And this is back in 2017, 2018. Um, anyways, my buddy Sherwin comes up to the merch table and he was like, yo, what do you got going after this? And at that time, I was just hopping around doing merch gigs for different bands. And I was like, actually, I don't have a tour planned up. You know, I got nothing. Like, he's like, oh, I actually just started managing this guy named Ghostmane. Um, I'm actually going to need some help, I think, on this tour. Uh, you know, just stage manager. Because at the time, it was just him and the DJ um, and a live drummer. So uh, he was like, yeah, you know, like, if you want to, you know, do this, be a roadie. And I'm like, oh, yeah, for sure. And I had heard of Ghostmane before. And... Um, so yeah, I got hired on to just be stage manager, you know, just set up set up the drums, set up the DJ kit, real easy stuff. And after that first tour with Eric, he was like, yo, I want to like, because he's a hardcore metal kid. He's like, yo, I want to add guitars and like, and I want bass. I want like a full live band when I play. And I'm like, yo, will you ever do that? I play bass, so let me know. And so he kind of toyed with the idea for a bit, you know, having a live band. And um, so during that first tour with him, 
before I was playing bass, I would just, you know, run in the rafters and like, you know, just do flips off the fucking balcony or whatever. I was a little madman and I would just, wow. and I had this like Halloween mask I we got on tour. I would just throw it on for like three songs during the set. Like when I wasn't like on the stage watching the amps or whatever, I would just, you know, be this little like hype man almost. Yeah. And uh, that's when Eric was like, yo, you're like this little rake guy. Like, I don't, he just came up with the name. And uh, so then once, fast forward, once he was like, yo, I want to actually do this live band, uh, you know, are you down to play bass? I was like, oh, of course. And then he was like, he's like, I think it'd be cool if you like, you know, wear a mask, like how like the Halloween mask you would wear. Uh, it was just like a, you know, like a cheap, you know, Rite Aid Halloween mask. Mm -hmm. He's like, you know, maybe if you got like a real one made, like, you know, like you designed it. So that's where the mask thing came from. Um, and then, yeah, and then, that's kind of how that started, me getting into Ghost Main. And then from then, you know, he's been fortunate enough to let me play on the albums. Because at the end of the day, like, he, it's been his brainchild. So, like, he doesn't need to have these other people play on the albums or even live. Like, he can just have a DJ press play and kids are still going to, he's still going to sell out shows. Kids are still going to come see him. So, it's really cool that, like, on the last few records, like, you know, he lets me write songs. Like, he lets me play on, you know, it's, it's really cool because he doesn't need to do that. So, um, I don't know, it makes me actually feel like part of it you know not just like oh i'm just like you know just a fill-in or just you know some jobber um it's it's cool it's it's uh i'm super thankful for him one hit thunder is a podcast where we both celebrate and have a good laugh about bands and artists that had just one hit that we all know each week we're joined by a guest from the world of music or comedy to learn more than you ever thought you would about some songs that you can't forget and we decide if they brought the one hit thunder or nothing more than a one hit blunder Look, if you listen to the show, you're probably going to laugh, and I guarantee you're going to crush next time the bar has music trivia. Tag Team, Jane Child, Meredith Brooks, Looking Glass, Sean Mullins, Eiffel 65, EMF, Crash Test Dummies, Crazy Town, Chumbawamba. We have hundreds of episodes in our back catalog and a new episode each week. So pass the duchy, make sure you're connected, and subscribe to One Hit Thunder wherever you get your pods. Dude, that I mean, you, you covered a lot right there. I just want to. Sorry, that was a lot. Of, no, 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 no. Hey, for a first for a first time around a podcast, you just nailed it right there, brother. Uh, <laughs> it's a, it, it, no, it, it it there was a few uh, a couple interesting things I want to uh, go back to in that though. Um, let's start with the stunts, man. Uh, you're you're. This makes a lot of sense of why you would uh, befriend Darby um, uh, as as he's famous for his stunts in and out of the ring. I'll say. Um, and obviously the skateboarding aspect and stuff. Is that something that you, uh, grew up with as well? Um, or was it literally like you just felt like doing it when you were roadieing for ghost main? It's kind of a mix of both. It's funny. If you were Darby writes right here, he'd be laughing his ass off. Cause I'm like very fragile. Like I love doing the shit, but like, I'm always getting hurt. Like <laughs> I snapped my arm like three months ago. I got two plates in. I still have a broken nose. I haven't fixed from like a year ago. I'm always getting hurt, but. I love it. Um, well, real quick, I, really I, gotta, I, I gotta interrupt you there, real quick, because Darby did. I did ask him if there was anything I should say to you while I had you on the air, and that kind of perfectly segues into him saying, uh, "You got to tell him to not be a bitch anymore." <laughs> yeah, I think these few years of taking time off on the road kind of made me a little, a uh, little scared. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I don't know. I think it's it, it kind of kicked more in. I don't know, like, growing up just being, like, you know, punk and hardcore kid, you know, you're just, like, used to getting broken noses and, you know, just jumping off shit, and, you know, I, it's just kind of just always been in me, and, like, I'm from Santa Barbara, and at the time, 
there was a really good like punk hardcore scene like in like when I was in middle school and high school and uh I don't know so I kind of just always had that in me um never been good at skating until recently I've been trying to dabble at it now I'm a Darby we go to all these cool parks I'm like I might as well start to learn and you know <laughs> do some stuff on the board but uh yeah he's he's the main madman I'm uh, I get, it only kicks in for me when I'm on stage, really, I guess. <laughs> okay. Okay. Are you picking up anything from Darby on the, on the skate aspect? Then? Cause I, I've seen him skate. Uh, I think a lot of people have at this point. He's a, uh, he's pretty fucking good out there in the bowl. Um, how, how, uh, are you trying to pick up anything from him? Is he giving you any pointers? Yeah, that's just, I don't think people actually realize like how good he is at skating and also like how like passion he is like all you know, I'll be out there filming the same freaking trick for, you know, 20 minutes. And he's just like, I got it. You know, he's like very into it. And I don't think people get that. They, they think it's almost like a gimmick sometimes. Like, oh, you just skate to the ring or whatever. It's like, no, this dude like lives and breathes skating. And at the end of the day, he'd probably 100% choose skating over wrestling. Like he had to choose one, you know, like that's his thing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's, <laughs> I, he's trying to get me to drop in. And uh, but he, yeah, I like he's teaching me how to rock the fake. He just little basic moves but he's helped me a lot like if i didn't it's it's there's a lot of shit like without darby i wouldn't see myself doing just he really just kind of puts you in your uh out of your comfort zone right. a lot which is cool <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, I've never it. had a friend who's like who's done that before. So I don't think anyone's had a friend like Darby. Let's just put it that way. Uh, he, he's he's one mm -hmm. of a kind, man. Let's get back to a little bit of Ghost Main though. You mentioned the mask. Uh, uh, you you've stepped up the mask obviously now from the Rite Aid uh, uh, purchase. Where yes. who designed this mask for you? And uh, can you tell me a little bit about it? Yeah, actually, I got. I keep her. I have. I got one right here. One of them. Um. So this this girl Lainey. Um, she makes masks for Slipknot and some, mainly Slipknot. She makes them for some other people, but, um, yeah, Eric knew her at the time and was like, Hey, I know this girl who can make masks, um, talk to her. And so I started talking to her and she was, you know, of course she was like, what do you want it to look like? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I was like, I kind of picturing like, if you took off like Jason's mask, like, what would it look like? You know, just some like deformed, you know, fucked up face. Um, so she, she, she did some molds with it and, uh, and, um, backtrack the worst part ever, like, which sucks because her house burned down later. So she ended up losing my mold, but to get life casted, like the mold over your face is I'm not claustrophobic at all, but that was the worst, like 30 minutes of my life. It takes they, 30 they, minutes. 30 minutes. So they put all this stuff over you, and the only way you could breathe is there's two girls doing it. The main girl who's like molding it, and then the other girl who's pretty much your life is in her hands. She has little, two little like popsicle sticks in your nose, and all this goo is just going over you. And she's just basically getting the goo out of your nose because that's your only air hole because it's covering your mouth, your eyes, your ears. And so for 30 minutes, and, and you can hear, but it's, you know, just. It's hard to hear, but she's telling, she's like, if you, you can't breathe, you know, like wave your hands. And of course my allergies, I start getting all stuffed up, but I'm like waving my hand. I'm like, oh, I can't fucking breathe. So she's like, she's like, all right, the count of three, blow out as hard as you can. Like, so I'm just like, she's like one, two, three, and I just blew. And of course I can't see anything. And she's like, oh my God, like the biggest like chunk of uh, that like mold mass started like hardening up in my nose and like blocking my breathing. So oh. thank God, like blew it out but uh 
yeah, that, that was horrible. And, but yeah, she, her house ended up catching on fire and she lost all of her molds. So if I ever want a new mask, I gotta go through that process again. So oh. I'm kind of, yeah, kind of bummed about that. <laughs> yeah, that sounds awful. <laughs> I was just thinking in my head, I'm like, but is it really even worth it then? Like, fuck man. <laughs> yeah, we actually, well, it's funny you say that we, we, it comes out tomorrow. Actually, uh, we did a commercial for Fender. They have a new bass and guitar coming out, so they asked us to be like the face of it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm super stoked. So that comes out tomorrow. But for that, Eric was like, "Yo, do you want a new mask? You know, like which, you know, what do you want to do?" And I'm like, oh, "I got long hair. Let's just do my my normal face. You know what I mean? Like, so I think it might be a new era where you know I might just be a uh, no more mask." Oh, you're stepping out of the mask era. Huh? I don't know. I I, I, I like it, but then I don't, it's. It, it's got to be a pain, pain to wear. Ass. Yeah, I got. I got to say, I got all my drinks on the side of stage. You know, like my beer and water. They all have straws in them. So that's like I don't want. I can't take off the mask like midway to drink. You know, so um, I don't know. We'll we'll see. I still haven't decided yet. Yeah, but no, I mean, I tomorrow can... fan, tomorrow's fans will see my face for the first time. Like those wow. main fans, I guess. So. Yeah, and then right after that, they'll see your face right here on Drinks with Johnny. So that, that's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, things are happening, Nolan. Things are happening. Um, I'm, st- I'm stoked. That's I'm really stoked. cool, though. So, what, what can you tell me a little bit about this? Uh, uh, more specifically, the bass or the bass and the guitar that Fender are putting out. Is there? Uh, a, yeah, a, and why? Why they chose you to you guys to uh, uh, be the face of this? Yeah, they. Well, it started with Eric. Eric, who's Ghostman, started talking to um, Fender about making himself a custom bass, and. It, that idea started and somehow it turned into, well, we actually have like a whole new, cause that takes like years. There's like a whole like wait list of like signature guitars, you know, it's pretender to make. So it would be like five years until that would come out. So Eric's like, no, let's scrap, let's, let's scrap that. So Fender is like, well, we have this bass and this guitar coming out. And we were thinking, you know, what if we use, you know, you guys as like the campaign of it. Um, but it's kind of funny because the bass is like baby blue. <laughs> it's not really even like like on color brand of us, but uh, and it's also too. It's so it's, it's called the Fender. They've already posted photos of it because it came out like this month. Um, it's called the Fender Meteora, but uh, I'm not a big active bass guy. I don't know if you are, but it takes two freaking nine volts uh, to power the thing. But uh, it sounds it's a beast. It sounds awesome. Um, the guitar is the same exact thing. It's just two active humbucker pickups. Um, it's cool. It sounded cool. Um, they chose like three bands to, to do it. I think kind of a different range. It was us, this band called Japanese Breakfast, and this band called Portugal the Man. Um, okay. I'm, so I'm, familiar, I'm got, familiar with uh, Portugal the Man. Uh, not, not familiar with the other one. Um, all different sounding. So I think right. that was our whole point, to get everybody in the different fields. Kind of show the uh, spectrum s- of what the, what the instrument can do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm like, I'm a Fender head, like not just biased, but like I've been Fender head since... Like are you my a, first bass. Are you a P or jazz guy? I'm a P. Okay. Awesome, I'm a P. Man. I'm so a- how does how does the neck feel? Um, I mean, I know a lot of the vintage P's and I mean, kind of just the P's all over kind of have a tree trunk for, for a neck there. Um, and and uh, if you're not used to it, it could take some getting used to. How is it the, can. It, how's the how's the neck on this uh, on this new bass that you've been playing? This was cool. So. This so the meteora, it's like a meteora. it's like a hybrid. I don't even know what it's not a P or a jazz. It's some weird. It's like one of their weird shaped things. But uh, 
But for ghost vein, though, I usually use a P-Base. Um, and, like, it's funny you say that, too, because, like, I like the big necks, but I don't have big hands, but I like, <laughs> I like yeah. you know, a big, I like a big fat neck. Like, it's... I do, too. Comfy. I like I like it fat in, uh, along the along the face, but I sometimes... I, I kind of like it to have a shallower back than a lot of the P-Bases that I've played, especially because okay. I like the vintage P-Bases. P like, that I've used those uh, occasionally on some tracking and stuff. Um, but it does... Even with a smaller hand, like my hands aren't long; they're just kind of, they're kind of stubby. But like, yeah, same. I don't, yeah, 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 like, yeah same. but like, I just <laughs> like being able to hold. It feels like I'm holding like the other end of a fucking bat or something. That, that no, feels I, pretty I feel cool. That. I don't know. It just what's it, your, it's what's comfortable for me. Yeah. What, what's your go-to like on tour and everything? Oh, I have my own uh, signature with uh, Schecter uh, guitar. Oh shit. So I've, oh. I've had that for a few years now. Um, hey, everyone can get it at tricksforjohnny.com. Um, Damn, that's sick. I didn't know that. Yeah, no, it, I, it was it was amazing. I was able to, uh, whenever we started, I can't remember how long ago now, uh, they were, I was always playing Music Man, Ernie Ball Music Man's. Love that bass. I love that, the way that humbucker, I, I, I don't, I think it's amazing the way that, th that those basses sound. I've and, yet to ever play one. Oh, you gotta, you gotta. I know, I, I, I need yourself. to. Treat yourself. I know. I might, I might have to do just that. Get a, this, just get this, a nice, get a good classic Stingray. It's, it's a nice, perfect, clean sound. Um, I love those bases. Loved everyone I was working with over there for the years. They'd uh, do a lot of custom paint jobs for me, but when it came time, I wanted to design my own thing and uh, put it out on the market. And at the time, they were not doing that. So I went over to Schecter. They were awesome. Uh, we designed the base from the ground up, literally. Picked out the wood, picked out the shape, shaped it oh, several different times. Um, I went through a bunch of different pickups. What I really wanted to do was uh, combine the sound of a classic uh, Stingray with a classic Rickenbacker. Uh, oh, so uh, it would have that, that nice, clean, round body of the, of the Music Man and some of that growl and rasp of a Rickenbacker. Now, I couldn't just go ahead and grab a Music Man humbucker and a Rickenbacker uh, <laughs> uh, 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 pickup and throw it on there. So we tried out several different pickups. What we ended up with was an EMG humbucker active and a guitar pickup, an EMG 81 for the bridge. To, uh, oh, weird. Yeah, and it was so funny because we tried so many different bass pickups to get that growl. And uh, one of the guys in the in the warehouse was like, "There's one thing we haven't tried," and he threw a guitar pickup in there, and I was like, "That's it. That's that's, that's the one. <laughs> that's it. It brought out those mid tones. That those mid tones. That's crazy that how that works." And then I just put a blend knob on it, so depending on the song, you can blend it in a little bit more, a little less, whatever you want to do. And uh, I yeah, I've been using that bass uh, for a few albums. I think I, I think we did that right before the Hail to the King record. I think that was the first oh, record shit, okay. I used it on. And then, um, that's a dream. Just designing your own base, like <laughs> and actually being like hands on with it. Too, oh yeah. You know, like I was going up there every other day, going up to the, to the warehouse here in, uh, LA. And, uh, it was, it was, a, it was a really fun process too, to be honest. And I was just really happy that I got something that works for me. And then I was able to, uh, you know, give it, uh, uh, give it out to a few other friends and stuff and for them to try and it, I mean, I got a few friends that still come back to me these days and say, like, I just used it on a song in this in the studio because it's versatility. I was like, fuck yeah, man, that's what I was. That's Damn, what I was that's going so for. cool. 
Yeah, no. Yeah, no, that's badass. Do you have one at your house? I got I got to play several. around with it next time I come over. Yeah, dude, next time you're around, yeah. Absolutely. Next time I'm over, I'm shredding on that thing. Hell yeah, we should jam. I don't know why we haven't yet. You've been over to the house like a couple times now. We haven't even talked bass at all. I know, I was going to say, this is the first time we've like talked gear. Like I've been, I've been with you a few times. Like. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's go down this rabbit hole a little bit more, though. Uh, you said uh, you've always been a Fender guy. What were some of your inspirations and your early stuff with the bass guitar and, and, and uh, you know, your journey with music? Oh, man. Um, I mean, I mean, it's kind of cliche, but, you know, I was like the first songs I learned on bass were like Green Day songs, like Chili Pepper songs, you know, like those were like the bass players, you know, like, like in junior high, fifth, sixth grade, I was like, you know, these dudes are shredding on the bass, like, especially like with punk music and, you know, like SoCal punk, it's, you know, bass players like shred, they use a pick, like it's not, you know, none of this finger shit, like it's, uh, I don't know, but that was just a real turn on for me. And that plus two, I remember, <laughs> I, was, I don't think I've ever really talked about this, but, that's why I picked up the bass because my buddies had a Green Day cover band and they only had a guitar and drums and they were like, yo, we need a bass. And I remember I had like 200 bucks saved up and I bought like the little combo like Fender, like, you know, starter pack comes like with a mini amp. Oh, the one and that's like, like in a box? Or like the one, yes. Yeah, I yes. know exactly what you're Get talking about. Get the cable, about. the tuner, everything. Got yeah, that's a fantastic buy for any like parents out there that are looking to buy something, man. Like that's a great starting kit right there. It, it, it really is. It's not like, I don't know, because sometimes, like, Darby's always laughing. He's always telling people, like, because kids are, parents are always coming up to Darby, like, at Comic-Cons or something, and they're being like, like, oh, what skateboard should I get my son at the Target or whatever? He's like, no, like, spend good money. Buy them, like, a good skateboard. Like, a Walmart skateboard won't work. Right. But in this case, <laughs> like, a box set thing Well, a box set, a box set though, <laughs> let, let, let's clarify, though. We're not talking about the box set from the Target or Walmart. Still go to Guitar Center or Sam Ash or whatever... Uh, local store you the got the Fender or the Squire box set or the Gibson one, whatever one yeah, they yeah. got. Still, still the name brand. You're not great. <laughs> yeah, still the name brand. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, you're, you're, <laughs> you don't get the bootleg one. Right. Um, but yeah, I was. I think that's that's how. I mean, that's that's how I started playing the bass, and then um, yeah, and played in a bunch of different like random rock bands in high school, um, and then. This first serious band I really started playing in, which is how I met a lot of these people that I know in Ghost May now, uh, were called Souvenirs. And it was like some like, I don't know, like 90s emo rock, or emo rock like Sunday Day Real Estate kind of job director kind of vibe. Right. Um, I had one of those. But uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that, that's where, that's kind of where it started at, like that. And then it progressed into, you know, all this other shit <laughs> so you said so growing up in santa barbara I, I love that you mentioned the the style of of bass that we grew up on because you just fucking nailed it a lot of times you know you now that now that you've been traveling and stuff people ask you and you try and think about like why did i start playing bass with a pick and you just fucking nailed it all of all the local yeah. all the lo local bass heroes here playing in, in socal punk bands that's that, that was it that was it i mean for me it was it was matt freeman and then you know dude the, the, seriously yeah, I mean, like, like, just just the best fucking punk bassist, or or Fat Mike for that matter. Like, he's an underrated bassist because uh, you think Legend. of him as you think of him as the lyricist and songwriter and everything like that, which he is. But he's also a fucking hell of a bass player too. And uh, you know, the, the list goes on and on. And then 
you know, then you have some bands like uh, like like Joe from from Lagwagon is using his fingers, and that's when I found out later, like guys from the Descendants, like all these other bands that were using their fingers, and you, you know, then uh, suicidal and stuff. You see bassist like Robert Trujillo, and you're like, dude, oh, I, oh, I know, dude, that dude, I can watch that. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, okay, okay. <laughs> so I started with a pick, but then I realized that there's more you can do, and I still go back to the pick for some certain things, but like that control that you can have. Uh, you mainly, are you mainly point. fingers now? Yeah, mainly, mainly fingers at this point. But I still, when a when a song calls for it, when you want that, uh, some of that precision, I guess, for lack of better terms, I, I think you can still get plenty of precision with your fingers. Uh, but I think that there's something to be said for some of the the picking sounds that are that are still like. Especially if you're gonna go play some fucking punk, man, some SoCal punk, you gotta. Yeah, right. You need to like it just sounds better. Noodle, noodle around and shit. Like, yeah. Yeah, man. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more, man. I think you, you absolutely nailed it. So, uh, as we're going into it more into the music and stuff, uh, you, you said you did. You say that you met Ghost Main while you were uh, doing that uh, merch gig. Yeah, his his manager Sherwin. His manager, okay. Who I've known. Um, he also managed Little Peep. Um, he's also a band called Power Trip. That's how I met him. Uh, my old band Souvenirs was on tour, and we stayed at um, Riley, rest in peace, Riley, Riley and Sherwin's house for the band Power Trip, and that was in like 2010. And that's where I met this guy Sherwin. And fast forward 10 years later, he's managing Ghost Main. And yeah, he came up to me at a show um, and was like, hey, yo, can you help me, you know, do production for this guy, Ghost Main? I just started managing. So so what was so if that's the, the first introduction into the camp, how was your yep. first introduction with Eric and Ghost Main? You know, like just what, what, what was your first impression of him and why are you not living at his house, but you're living at Darby Allen's house now? <laughs> yeah. Well, so. It's funny, I, I was this close to not going on that tour, which means I wouldn't be here, I wouldn't be in Ghostman, I wouldn't know Darby. Um, so for that first tour, we set up this like mausoleum, like this big, huge like stage prop thing. And that was a huge part of why they wanted me on the tour, because they, you know, stage manage slash build this big thing every night. So we get to my first day meeting, Eric. And we get to to the you know the rehearsal place in LA, and there's a semi there dropping off the big mausoleum thing. And mind you, we were this thing was supposed to be foam, like it was supposed to be a foam thing, one man job. The fabrication company made it out of like real metal and like really heavy wood. It was like a six person job. So, so that first day was kind of chaotic that I met Eric because you know, it was kind of a fluster. Like they were like, they're like, they fucked up the order. This thing's supposed to be foam. We leave for tour in two days. Like we can't fit this in the trailer. And then, you know, then, I, then I'm literally there. And I'm like, hi, I'm Nolan, you know? And he's like, who's, you know, Eric's like, who's this guy? Like, and Sherwin's like, oh, this is Nolan. Like we need him to build this thing every night. And at the time, well, even still Eric's very like same with Darby. They keep their camp small, but they don't want to add new people in. So he was like, kind of standoffish on like like do we really need this guy like who is this guy so up until like the day before the tour they management was still on the fence like should we just leave this big stage thing and not even bring it which means i don't go if they do that so they ended up agreeing and being like you know what let's let's leave the stage thing um but we'll bring nolan 
So thank God they did. And then they ended up changing their mind. We ended up bringing the stage thing after all. So everything ended up going. But um, but yeah, first day meeting them was that day. So it was a little chaotic. But uh, then after that, um, cool. We just we just clicked. I think he's there. Like I was just saying, him and Darby are so similar. I think that's why like I vibe with both of them so well. They're like, I don't know. They're like some of the most caring people. But like I said, they keep their circle real small. And so to get like let in, you know, it was, it was, it was cool. I don't, I don't know. He was just, he was real cool. Like oh, once, man. I don't think once we started vibing, then, you know, it was, it was good from there. But yeah, that first day was a little, I remember a little, I was a little nervous. I was like, I'm not going on this tour. Like there's no <laughs> way this guy does not like me or something, but no, it, it, it was ended great. up working out. Well, I, I look forward to meeting him one day and, and, uh, and Oh yeah, no, you, you will. When, next time we play in LA, if we ever play LA again, yeah. you gotta come. I would absolutely love that, man. So uh, yeah, I gotta get you. I I did notice that you used the term jobber earlier in this podcast, um, and that's obviously an inside term for some wrestling fans and wrestling world. And we've talked a little bit about Darby Allen and uh, our our mutual friend there, and how we how we met. And uh, I just was curious for you, where where did you start watching wrestling from? When when did your fandom for professional wrestling start? Little. Um... It was WCW was, I remember the first thing I ever saw, it was like Sting. Like literally, it's cliche to sound, like Sting was, that was, I remember seeing a dude of face paint on TV. Well, that co- that's going like, to come full sec- circle in a second, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I remember being like, what is this? Um, so that's, and then, you know, Attitude Era. So, was, you know, I was watching a lot of Raw, WCW. First Monday match I ever went to. Well, yeah, exactly. Um, first match I went to was... Uh, house show at the Forum in like 98 or 97 like the main event was like Sting versus Hogan um, but yeah Sting was also my first match I ever saw live in person but uh, that's yeah that's where it clicked so it was like I was I was born in 91 so yeah I was probably like 7, 6 years old something like that when right. first got into it and then ever wow. since then it's just been off to the races so your first era was the Attitude and Monday Night War era. Yeah, that's, yeah, I didn't, yeah, you everything prior, I didn't know anything about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is the best, I mean, that was, that's my, that's still my favorite era. I grew up a little earlier. Uh, my, my first uh, stuff was the late 80s, early 90s, which is still great for different reasons. But f- to me, that's when the storylines really started to take shape is, is, is that mid to late 90s era that was just straight fucking fire. And you mentioned Sting in there. I mean, his his reinvention of himself um, right there. And, I mean, to your point, today, he's still that, that Sting. He's not going back to the Venice Beach Sting. Of, surfer like, Sting. Surfer Sting, you know. Yeah. Everyone loves him for the Crow Sting, as they call it. Quote, unquote, the Crow Sting. And uh, it, I grew up watching him through both eras. I mean, he was... He was the Hogan for WCW. He was the answer to Hogan. And yes. then later Hogan comes over to WCW. Yeah. It's like, it, it, was, it was such a cool time to be watching wrestling. No, it really was. See, and I didn't even know. That just goes to show you. It wasn't until I was like, you know, high school maybe that I found out there was even surfer sting. Because nah. all, I, all I knew was crow sting. I'm like, wait, who is this? Who is this guy? Like, is this the is Sting. The ultimate baby face. All of his matches with Ric Flair yep. and Vader. They were just some of the most epic matches ever in WCW. And I, I had the fortunate uh, uh, position of being able to watch both, which was pretty rare. I, I'm surprised you got it in Santa Barbara as well. How were you able to watch 
Uh, the Turner Networks, because oh, you 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 we were had, a little we bit had, later. My mom had one of those cable boxes, like the little right. illegal ones, the little black. <laughs> I was gonna say, but you that was a little bit later. So w- during the surfer sting era, uh, that was the early '90s. It was pretty difficult to get the the Turner Networks oh, out here to watch it? WCW. Okay. I was I would have to go over to my grandmother's house and grandfather's, and oh, they were shit. huge baseball fans. Now, Turner own, uh, owns the Braves, so they wanted to make sure they got those games, so they bought the package for it. That was the only Interesting. way I was able to see it. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, it was, it was a, you know, you younger you younger guys, you know, <laughs> you had it all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm always like tough. I'm always telling like uh, it's funny same thing like with music like I'm like I have I'm the oldest of five and oh wow the youngest my youngest siblings are like still in high school and middle school right now Jesus. and uh, and it's just so funny because I was trying to tell them like try to explain what LimeWire and Napster was to them <laughs> and how like music used to not just be you know like free like you used to have to like do digging for songs and like that just blew their mind they couldn't comprehend like that. Even that was even siblings, like a thing. Even your siblings, you're blowing your minds with that. That's just, God, <laughs> yeah. I, I guess I really am almost 40, man. This is fucking, this is making me feel bad. <laughs> like, no, you're just describing so much. But it's, it's also awesome, though. Like, I'm starting to, I'm starting to befriend the nostalgia of those facts of just like, yeah, they didn't get that, but like I did. So I get to like share that experience with them through storytelling and stuff, you know, like my son and stuff. Like, what is a CD? What is a tape cassette? What is a VHS? What is a DVD? All these wonderful things that he'll never know or care about. And I'm just going to be that guy on the couch telling <laughs> yeah. that story. But Dude, that's uh, like the best part about being a dad, I feel like. You get to show him like all this cool shit that, you know, yeah, that you he don't care about. You'll be like, that's nice, no, Dad. probably won't. <laughs> <laughs> Until he gets to be about totally my different. age, and I'm like fucking 60, then he's going to yeah. care, and I'm going to be like, well, now I don't care. You yeah, know, it's, exactly. it's, it's very It's very cats in the cradle. Uh, how uh, it no, you're so right. <laughs> but going back to the full circle of, of, of Sting, uh, I think it was uh, the last time we crossed paths is, uh, is when Darby and Sting decided to fly out to use my Cadillac uh, yep. for... Uh, one of the pay-per-views last year, um, for as as people at home may may or may not know, Darby Allen loves to do his cinematic entrances, uh, especially at the pay-per-views, and film really cool uh, montages. And Nolan has always helped out with that. Sting and Darby came out, <laughs> flew out all the way to California to borrow my one car. I'm like, you probably could have rented one somewhere else, but flattered. And uh, you know, it came out. We filmed. Well, I I got to speak with you a little bit while they were running up and down the track with the car. Um, I got to meet Sting. I got to meet Sting. I mean, that was that. I was like, "You want to borrow my car, and Sting's gonna drive it? Cool, go for it." Wherever you're listening to this podcast, make sure you're subscribed and leave us a five star review. If you want to listen to this show ad free, head over to drinkswithjohnny.com and become a premium member. You'll get to enjoy unreleased clips from your favorite guests discounts on merchandise in our shop and access to our private discord server where you can chat one-on-one with johnny christ himself awesome! so stay tuned stay thirsty and stay filthy as fuck you know go like, for it yeah i grew i grew up fucking watching this dude like in that day was that night. day was crazy that was so yeah. surreal like it had to be even more surreal for you just watching him drive your car <laughs> Oh, it was, yeah. Not only did he drive it, he fucked up my brakes. I can't wait That's to true. see him in Vegas and talk, sh- talk some shit to him about yeah, it. Yeah, right, yeah. 
He put on the emergency uh, brake that I like for so. Of course, it was Sting that did it. This large man, strong dude. Because I can't push that emergency brake down. That's why I never use it. He found a way to push it down. I had to find and a way to release it. it right and now. it didn't release all the way because it had never been pushed down. I, to this day, I'm still having problems getting the parts and reworking the brakes right now. So I can't wait to see him in Vegas next week and talk to him about it. And, and the moment where I put my foot in my mouth. Well, I, I, I played it cool the whole time until the end. And I put my until foot the in end. my mouth. <laughs> we'll, yeah, that that we'll talk about that when we have Sting on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta get, you gotta get Sting on here. Oh, absolutely. That was, yeah. That day was, that was. I had met Sting. That day was cool because I had met Sting for at the cinematic tapings when they filmed the first ever that cinematic match with Darby versus Brian Cage and Ricky. God, that was such and a cool I'm, thing. That was such a cool. That was thing. so cool. And I met him then, but it was real like brief. I, and he was so new, he like to the company then, and it was just like a hi, how's it going? That was it. But so the second time I saw him was when I was with you and that was like totally different. You know, he was like one of the bros just like chilling with us, cracking jokes. Like that was, that was like the first day where it's like, damn, like Sting is the fucking man. Like he is so cool. <laughs> yeah. My brief interaction with him or that, that interaction that day was fucking awesome. He was, you know, very cool. Very, I mean, he introduced himself, you know, at my house and uh, that was, I was like, uh, on my driveway, I'm shaking hands with Sting, and I'm like, "Right, play cool, like, man. This is this is he's at my house. <laughs> he's at my fucking house. It was it was really cool. I mean, it was uh, not to get too far off topic, but it's 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 one of the cool things about uh, befriending Darby too. Is my son is a huge Darby Allen fan now, um, and he watches. I mean, the first match he watched a pay per view against Brian Cage. Darby lost and my son started crying. He didn't understand. You know? <laughs> that's yes. And then and then that's great. That's yeah. Flash forward. Darby's the TNT champion. Last time he comes by the house, obviously he brings the belt with him. My son gets to talk to one of his heroes that he watches on TV and hold the belt, take pictures with him in the belt. I'm like, he doesn't. No get money it can yet. buy that. Like, no, no, yeah, money no, no. I'm like, like, he doesn't get it yet. But like, because he just turned five this year. Later on in life. He's going to be able to, it'd be like you or I, or like, I guess for me, my era would have at that age would have been like Brett, the Hitman heart coming over to my house with the intercontinental title. Like that's, yeah, like, right. <laughs> that's fucking insane. Right. He'll <laughs> you, appreciate it in a few years. He will definitely, <laughs> well on that, on that note. Yeah. Like you're saying like, you know, like I've, there's so much cool shit I've done with him that like money can't buy. Right. You know what I mean? Like even just going to tapings, being backstage, like everyone who's backstage, like is like works for the company is a wrestler has a position like I'm like one of the only dudes who's like, you know, like just, you know, not, you know, just back there. But like, it's, but it's, you know, like money can't really buy that. Like just being in there in Sting's locker room with like Darby and him, you know, chilling while they're doing their makeup. Like that shit's like, you know, that, 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 that stays with me. And it's, it, it's cool too. Cause when this was before Sting was coming or anything, but Darby, Darby's known. I'm like diehard Sting fan. Like that's like my hero. And so I, I told him once, I'm like, if Sting ever comes to AEW, you know, like, you got to make sure I'm there, you know, like for his debut or whatever. So that was like, I don't know, long months before Sting ever came. So fast forward, um, I wasn't living here in Atlanta yet. I was living in California in LA. And it's, it's like two days before a random dynamite in December. And he's like, he's like, yo, uh, come out to this dynamite on Wednesday. And I'm like, uh, why? He was like, it's gonna be a good show. I'm like, okay, but like, that's gonna be like $700 tickets on two days notice. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not gonna be that good of a show. Watch on TV. He's like, dude, just, 
just come. Like, you got to come. He literally, like, called me. He was like, dude, just come to the show. Come on. Like, it's going to be so sick. It's going to be a fun week, you know. And I was like, all right, whatever. Bit the bullet. Bought the tickets. That was when the show Sting came out. And, he, and it was so cool because he made sure I was there. He didn't tell me. Like, because if you would have told me, I still would have geeked out. But, like, he let me, like... I have a video of it, like when Steen walks out, I'm like, Get that I'm getting guy. goosebumps talking about it now. Yeah. yeah, I like freak the fuck out. I'm so, and you Just know, like, let you be like a that. real like, fan about it and see it for the first yeah. time too. That's cool. Yeah, like that was, that was so cool. Like, I'm so cool. Darby's cool like that, man. I, I've, I've, yeah, it's been very fortunate that our paths have crossed, um, and and yours as well, uh, befriending you. Yeah, likewise. You know, it's been it's been awesome. I mean, uh, we this is this episode's going to drop probably mem- uh, Monday Memorial Day, right after the pay per view that you and I will be attending. Uh, cool. It's going to be it's going to be a hell of one. I'm already loving the matches setting up the 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 Owen Hart finale, uh, the Owen Hart tournament finale is coming. Oh, up. I know. Uh, I can't wait. Dude, I mean, even last night, like, I wasn't sure if Darby was even going to be on the show last night. I, I obviously, I'm, did you watch it or did you just wait for him to come home and tell you all about it? <laughs> no, I, I I watched some of the show last night. I saw his I saw his part. They fucked Sting up. Dude, they fucking hit him with the with with, with those super kicks right right there, man. I was like, <laughs> I thought he I thought it was going to be classic Sting cleaning house. Next thing I know, he gets hit with a couple of super kicks, man. And and that was one of the rare times when they I thought I love this. I don't know if it was planned. I got to imagine it was, but I love when wrestling, the live aspect, and they're like, "We're out of time," and then it went to Family Guy. I was like, "Oh, that's fucking sick!" Like, I love when yeah, that kind no, of shit happens. It's like it's like, what's happening next? Like, yeah, a bunch of suspense. Like, yeah, no, I, I and feel that's that. that's an old '90s tactic. I haven't seen it used in a long time. A lot of times, though, like the guys will still be standing in the ring, but you know, it's like kind of everything stopped. But like these guys were still in the ring on the floor too. Like how do you, they got to clean that up. You know, like what the fuck's, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, it's, dude. Cool. it's cool. It's cool. when they do that. How, speaking on wrestling and AEW, how rad was it to see Darby Allen go against Jeff Hardy two weeks ago? Oh, great. That's like crazy. I mean, the match itself was insane, but even just like, I don't know. It's pretty. Sur- it's surreal. It's just like watching him and Sting team. It's like it still blows my mind. I'm like, you're facing Jeff Hardy. Like, you know, like you're doing fucking swantons off the fucking ladder. Like you're like, off this the is- ladder onto the chairs. I still. I got to talk to Darby about that because I don't know how he didn't seriously fuck himself up on that one. Because that was like. Because it even like. It- it was even a little, I'm looking at the other camera here. It was even a little botched. You could tell it was a little botched. So I'm like, how the <laughs> hell did he not fuck himself up on that? He's, I don't know. He doesn't even like, he doesn't take meds. You know, he's sober and shit. But like, right. he doesn't take like even Advil. Like, he just texted me like 10 minutes ago. He's like, I'm stopping at the massage parlor. So that's, that's like his, that's his therapy right there is getting a, getting there a massage. That's, um, that's insane, man. Yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's actually insane. Well, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing you this next week. I already talked to Darby. We got our house out there. It's not too far from the Mandalay Bay. So I hope you guys oh, you come over. House? Yeah, I got a house because I'm going to be filming with uh, some of the other guys on the roster. Um, so you Amazing. guys come on over. Maybe we'll film some wild shit again, do some trivia games like we always do when we get together. I don't know what that will ta- happen. You got a taser we'll... or anything? Uh, I, maybe I'll bring it. Maybe I'll bring it this time. I don't know. I'll bring oh, it. we we we, uh, we you met Kentucky, right? Oh yeah. Oh dude, he okay. he, he, he uh, t- met Kentucky. I am the biggest <laughs> Kentucky fan. He drove said car before Sting did. Uh, I was told to ask you from Darby, what is your favorite Kentucky story? Oh shit. 
this okay this <laughs> this one so he josh kentucky kentucky josh so kentucky was like hey i'm gonna I'm, i need to make some extra money i think i'm gonna you know make some flyers to mow some people's lawns and um i'm like all right cool so uh he makes up the flyer and um sends them out to like a bunch of different mailboxes around you know neighbors and stuff and then um after you know he, he I'm, like, I'm like what does the flyer look like so he sends me a photo of the flyer and first off it's it's like a you know picture of like a dude mowing the lawn it says you know mow your lawn and it doesn't even have a phone number. It just says his email, which is gingerkid123, like at AOL.com. He has and an AOL. Has, <laughs> and it doesn't even say, Kentucky. it's the best part, though. It says law mowing, not lawn, but L-A-W. You forgot the N. Forgot the N. <laughs> and so, of course, like that whole week, we're like, have you, have you got hit up yet to mow anyone's lawn? And he's like, no, no, not yet. And we're like, we'll fucking wonder why. It says law mowing on it. Like, also, does he have a phone number? It says Ginger Kid, like AOL email. AOL. That looks like the fakest thing in the world. There's no way oh, no one's my. using that. Uh, there's so, there's so many though. Like that's just that's just one. But yeah, he's he's a character. But anyways, about Kentucky. It's like two days ago or a couple days ago, we had a bunch of the Thrasher dudes over here. They're like interviewing Darby and uh, filming some skate stuff. It was a good time. And uh, anyways. Uh, downstairs in josh's in kentucky's room we uh we did a little like taste test blindfold thing where he had like guessed the taste of these sodas and so while he's blindfolded we threw um a flash grenade in there like an, an actual military flashbang grenade and closed the door <laughs> and just went boosh and opened it up and he was like ears are all ringing and he's always getting messed up he's a good sport though about it but there's always all you guys are getting messed with, man. I don't know. I don't know why you volunteered to live in that I'm, house. I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm. I'm always getting. I'm like I get it the least. So I feel like once they start filming the show here, I'm going to be getting it a lot more. Oh, I'm excited about this. By the way, Darby did tell me that. Yeah, uh, he'll that he he'll, got that. he'll tell you all more about that. Yeah, I can't wait be... to see him and talk a little bit more about that. The the show that he's been working on since fuck since I since I met him. He's been, forever. He's wanted, he's wanted forever. his grandchild to go through, and I. He's yeah. going to be. You guys included he's gonna be great at it man you guys i from day one fucking just a star in everything he does everything you guys do um speaking of everything you guys do last little plug here ghost main what uh last album was a little while ago yeah you guys working on something new you got any tours coming up yeah we're we're always eric's always he's always working on stuff and then you know sending us shit and whatnot so we're always working on shit but um we have we're only doing festivals this year. We got like okay. seven or eight. Um, two of them are in the States. The rest are overseas. Um, the first one back is Not Fest, July 29th uh, in Germany. Um, so yeah, we're just doing just doing a few. We, we had, I mean, we had a huge Russia-Ukraine tour planned, but the war kind of threw a wrench. Well, in that yeah, one. That, that's, yeah, that, I think you're going to have to postpone that one. So um, post, yeah, so we had a scrap a lot of shit in the fall so i think we're just gonna stick with these few fests for now and then next year hopefully you know get back get back to it strong right on man well i i hope to see some of that um very soon lastly though you brought up shows and it totally uh, uh sparked something that i saw you guys did like a juggalo festival or something like that recently right yeah we we played it was a couple of years ago 
before right before, before the pandemic. But yeah, we okay. played the gathering, the gathering of the juggalos. You guys and played that, was, that, the gathering of the juggalos. Okay, and we, then we, that, that we, special came out and everything. Wow. It yes, that was <laughs> easily the craziest show. I think we will ever play. Like it's it's funny. Those fans are so insane. Like the more shit they throw at you, like the more they like like the better. Like they like if they don't fuck with you, like they just boo you and you know like are just don't even watch you. But if they fuck with you, they're throwing all their fago, their beer, their fireworks. Like you're Jesus. so it, it was it was a it was a messy show. And uh, at one point, the stage caught on fire because they're literally shooting like fireworks yeah. at the stage. And Guar played the night before, so. The whole floor was carpet, so and they didn't, and they kept the carpet. So the so all these fucking fireworks were hitting the carpets, causing all these mini like mini little fires on stage. And uh, it was. Did you guys just have hands over there with fire extinguishers, putting them out like every two seconds, or what? We did. We 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 had a couple hands fire extinguishers. Um, it was chaotic too. We had like a couple dominatrixes like with like these sub dudes eating like food out of dog bowls, and it was it was a crazy. Dude, I think we could do. I think we presence. could do a, a full follow up episode on just this day, and I think that's <laughs> exactly just, what we're gonna do. We're gonna do a follow up Thirsty Thursday podcast with you, probably while we're out in 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 Vegas here in a second. I just want to talk about the gathering of the Juggalos, and we're, we, we're gonna, we will. We're gonna dive a little deeper into that. I'll see you next week, Nolan. Thanks for doing the show. Uh, Thank you very much. Go check out some more Ghost Main. And uh, some of the work he's done with Darby Allen, Hoodlum. I'm going to be wearing some of that shit hopefully soon. So uh, go check out some more. uh, Thank you for having me, Johnny. All right, brother. Thank you, guys. We'll see you soon. Cheers. Later. That's going to do it for this week's episode of Drinks with Johnny. Thanks for tuning in. Oh, man. I just got to it at the end there. Uh, I'm absolutely going to follow up with Nolan about that, uh, that festival of the gathering of the juggalos. I just, I have so many questions. So, uh, stay tuned, follow up by listening to the podcast. That's where you're going to get a little bit more of that story. And, uh, as always till next time, cheers. Ever wonder what a punch from Elton John feels like? Or how you'd cope with having turned down the chance to be in Nirvana? Or what signal Keith Richards gives when he wants you to get the hell out of his hotel room? Fans of Too Much Effie Perspective don't have to wonder, because they've heard these exact stories and a jillion others on our podcast. I'm Alex Hoffman, former tour manager for Radiohead. And I'm musician and comedy writer Alan Keller. On the TMEP show, we get guests like Nancy Wilson from Heart, Jeremiah Freights from the Lumineers, and Modern Family's Julie Bowen to tell us things they may have only shared with their therapist, clergy, or a TMZ stringer. So join us on Too Much Effing Perspective. That's E-F-F-I-N-G Perspective. The only podcast you crank up to 11. Hi, this is Chad Nicefield. And this is Justin Press. We're the host of Making Waves, the Shiprock Podcast, a part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. We're inviting you to sail away with us on an epic journey in musical enlightenment. Every week, we bring you only the best artists in rock music and discuss everything from the cruise to the stage to the saga of being a professional recording artist. We'll have lots of special guests along the way, so tune in every week. Your stateroom is available every Monday morning, so welcome aboard.